Fred, but then you got to work with Fred too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, was so. I mean, there's, uh, yeah, there were a lot of crazy connections there. Uh, yeah, we. I, you know, the funny thing is, I'm trying to remember the first time we met Fred. I really don't remember. Well, actually, I remember the first time I met Fred. So the crazy thing is, back in the, our uh, the groove days. So this is, I was probably. This is probably uh, 90, 1990. I can't remember the year um, live from Live on Planet Groove came out, the Maceo Parker album. I want to say 92. Okay, yeah. So that's, yeah, 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 someone like that. So our band, The Groove, was actually opening up for Maceo in, in Buffalo. So I knew that album, Kenwood Denard on drums, and you know what I mean, like I I knew that whole album. I couldn't wait to 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 open for these cats. So we get there, and there was a there was a second band. There was another band. It was Pee Wee's son, who was going to be playing. Had you know playing in between. So I get we get there, and I, I hear Maceo. You know, we heard him, and I'm like, man, the, the drummer is like not hitting. Like it wasn't it wasn't Kenwood. You know, I'm like, oh man, this is whack. You know, you know, I was like, I was so mad. So then all of a sudden, Pee Wee's son comes on. You know, and again, this was a you know Pee Wee, Fred, Maceo, you know, the the crew. And um, so the drummer, Kenwood, was supposed to play drums in that band as well. Right. So somehow I get talking to, to Pee Wee's son and this is just me. Like, I'm, I, 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 I just I would just say anything to anybody. I was like, yo, man, I'm not feeling that dude. You know, he's like, oh, well, would you want to play with us? I was like, all right, cool. So we go on the tour bus. I learned that these tunes for, you know, Pee Wee's son's band. Right. So we we open up the show. Then it's then it's Pee Wee's son's band and then Maceo. Right. So I didn't tell anybody. My parents were out in the crowd. You know what I mean? Like all these people are, you know. So, you know, we did our set. Everything is cool. Then all of a sudden, like, I disappear. And then next thing you know, I'm on the stage with, like, with Pee Wee Sun's band, right? And everyone's like, what the What is he doing on stage, you know? Of course, my parents, like, totally believe it. You know, I just like, talk myself into anything, you know. They're like, oh, yeah, I could do it. I could do it. Next thing I know, we're playing a couple tunes in, and then he introduces Fred, Pee Wee, and Maceo. And yo, I was just like, what did I just get myself into? And then also we're playing, you know, I'm like, I'm feeling good about myself. You know, I'm just like, yeah, I got this. And I remember I I was, we got into some groove and I thought I was killing it, right? I just remember Maceo turning around and he gave me this look that I'm sure, oh boy, 
he let me know that I was not killing it. I was, I was <laughs> you know, oh boy. And so, so anyway, so years later, we're, you know, we're talking with, with Fred and, and, and Pee Wee and these cats, you know, and they totally remembered that. Like, you know, like I, we started talking about, hey, there's actually a gig. He's like, oh, we met before and we just had a really good laugh over it, you know, like, you know, but, um, yeah, so, but the funny thing is, I don't remember how, we must have met Fred, like, just out on the road somewhere, you know, and he heard us, and and I just remember, like, we, we uh, got in touch with him, and he he's like, yeah, I'll be on the album, I'll do the horn arrangements, he did an amazing job, you know, and and that's kind of where it, it really started for us, like, being able to just work with, like, the, these legends, you know what I mean, like, and, and it... The playing with them is, is obviously incredible. The thing I cherish most is just being able to hang out and just soak up the stories, you know. So, you know, that's that's like the the best, you know. Like there's just so much to, to learn from these cats, and then all of a sudden, like you go from being like a like a you know a fan or super fan to like all of a sudden, oh yeah, you're just, you're just friends, you know. It's like it's, it's 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 really cool, you know. So and and I guess really, to me, it's it's and and, and this is kind of one thing that uh, common denominator, I guess. Or in and speaking with these people, it's like, yeah, you do it long enough, man. You're gonna run in. It, this is going to happen. Just like you know, like when he, we were talking, you know, like Schofield. He's like a good friend of mine, you know, of all of ours, you know. But he's just like talking about the days when he like all of a sudden he finds himself on stage with Miles Davis or like whatever, you know, it's like it's just it's just like that lineage, you know, like you just do it long enough. And it's, you know, if if you do it long enough and you're obviously luck plays some part in it, of course, you know, but um, just being resilient, you know, just, you know, staying after it, you know, just and really for us, I think the biggest thing is just we had our our thing we weren't trying to do anybody else's thing you know i mean it's like yeah maybe we're not like the greatest musicians technically or whatever but as a band you know like nobody's gonna do soul live you know except us you know and that's i'm not trying to make it sound egotistical or anything you know but it's just you know that's what we focused on you know it's just really just being ourselves and and what we found is like you know that's what uh some of the you know the greatest musicians that we know that we've come to share the stage with or play with that's what you know that's what they respect and that's what i respect when i see other people you know i'm like Mm -hmm. man like i i can't get up there and, and do what you do you know like i you know so when you have your sound you know you have your that chemistry you know I mean, it reminds me of a, a um, the story. One time, I was out in Vegas, uh, and I just got into the hotel and went into the room. It was late, and I turned on. It was Conan. It was Conan O'Brien, and the guests that night were U2, and U2 was on for the entire night. It was just U2 and Conan O'Brien. So they would do like funny skits with him, or they would like perform. And I remember being so blown away by two things. One is that they were when they were perform some songs, like you could hear you two 
in the small little soundstage, which was Conan O'Brien's show. You know what I mean? Like, there's a small audience, but you could just, me being an engineer as well, I can hear the acoustics. It wasn't you 2 on a big, giant stage or, like, and their big recordings. It sounded like you 2 in a tiny little room, right? But they still sounded amazing, you know? Like, that chemistry was there. But then they were being interviewed, and I remember they were saying, like, you know, like, none of us are getting hired to, like, be session musicians on, on anybody's records or anything like that. You know, like, apart, we're not, re- they basically were saying, we're not that great of musicians, like, technically, you know. Mm-hmm. But when they get together, they're one of the greatest bands on earth. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no denying that. There is literally no denying that, you know. Like, nobody else can do what they do. And that's, again, kind of going back to my very you know the very you know earlier question you asked me about like what was like growing up in the household and like listening to you know learning how a band works together and like that's how they communicate and like that's that's just to me that that gives i have chills just thinking about that right now you know what i mean like ah oh man like you know like that's that's just the greatest thing to be a part of you know like and i that's i'm so grateful to 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 be a part of that you know have been a part of it and still continue to be you know it's like it's it's amazing there's nothing there's nothing better you know yeah and that's you know i mean this show's called truth and rhythm and that's a big part of it's being true to the music true to your bandmates true to your listeners right yep so um and you know when you're talking about mesu and fred that's probably my favorite sax and trombone player right there. And Fred is my favorite arranger of of horn parts. Um, Just unbelievable. And, you know, Fred's been on the show. I've been after Maceo, after Natasha to get Maceo on, still still working on that. But uh, love those guys, love those guys. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Yeah, Maceo, I'll start there. He... We've gotten to play with him quite a few times, right? You know, he, I've never heard him play an off note. Or, you know what I mean? It's like everything Maceo, I've ever, like, you're just on stage with him and you're just like, it's perfection every time. It's like, it, it, it's mind boggling, you know what I mean? And, and the thing is, he plays with such intention. You know, like every single note, he, he means. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's no, like, oh, I, oh, no, no, nah, man, he is in it. You know, and same with Fred. You know, like, it's like, um, yeah, it's a, it's amazing. And, uh, and there's so many great stories. I mean, like, one time we did this festival uh, with Maceo was a guest of ours, and he was with us, you know, so live. And we're just like hanging out and uh, he, man, that dude has such amazing stories. So anyway, so at this time we went back to wearing the suits, right? And we were all staying in, in, in these cabins uh, and these cabins were, it was like a summer, it was like some sleepaway camp, you know, like it was not, nothing fancy about it at all. And Mesa was there with us, like, and he had a room and we're like, oh, I can't believe you. And he just came and he's like, ah, oh, it's just another adventure. It's cool. But anyway, I remember we were ironing shirts and Neil was ironing his shirt, right? In this big common area. 
And Maceo walks in and he looks over and he'll say, oh, let me get this. Let me get this. And Maceo starts ironing everyone's shirts, you know, because like, hey, like that, you know, you're that's one thing that, you know, he can do, you know, what I'm saying from playing with Jay with James Brown, like those dudes are always clean. So it's like, OK, we'll let you we'll let you handle it. So he's just ironing shirts and he starts telling the stories. And he was saying, you know, one of the the he was talking about. Um, like sitting in with people, you know, because obviously he's sitting in with us and kind of going down that road. He said one of the the best gigs that best gigs he was ever on, he had an opportunity to be like third or fourth chair in Ray Charles's band one time, just as a you know he wasn't soloing, he wasn't featured, he was just in the band. He and loves he Ray like, Charles, oh. yeah. Yeah, he was like that was one of my my most memorable experiences of all time and we're sitting there like listening like wait a minute wait a minute like this you play with james brown you play with parliament funkadelic like you could think of all like these amazing like prince yeah prince seminal moments in music history and you're you he's like bugging on playing like third or fourth chair with ray charles and and again you know like that's just you hear stuff like that and it just it, i was smiling from ear to ear because because he was you know just even thinking back to it like yeah man you do all this stuff that, that other people think are great you know what i'm saying but like oh it's just again going back to hearing these stories of you know like i never would have known that you know what i mean but and if fred's the same way man like you know all these times you get to hang out with fred and all well you know man story amazing story after story and then obviously like he had his, his book which i tell everybody to read because that is just hit me fred yeah oh incredible man yeah. incredible you know hit me fred and blow but, me co blue yeah yeah <laughs> man yeah man yep yep but yeah i mean i mean fred just the the nicest just the nicest person ever man again like you said his arrangements get out get out of here man get out of here you know like just amazing you know amazing you know so that that's the that was the great thing about working with fred on doing something like those uh, those arrangers i remember the first time we started running through them Woo! <laughs> i mean that's that's the crazy thing like he made us better just my just these horn arrangements made us better a better band you know what i mean step it up we yeah. had to step up to that level you know, like, and uh, yeah, that and that's what you want. You don't, you don't want to be the best person on stage. You don't want to be the the smartest person in the room. You know what I mean? Like, that's, 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 yeah. So I'm, again, forever, forever grateful for for the for those experiences. And and you know, not only with all these legends you guys have gotten to gig with, but also, and you mentioned lettuce, but you've had this kinship with a lot of the other, you know, like jam band circuit festival type bands, whether it's lettuce or galactic or, um, uh, Derek trucks and, you know, on yep. and on. Um, what can you say about that sort of kinship among all these bands and, and the, the common thread that runs through it. And it, it's just, it, it's like a throwback thing that lives today. Yeah, it's yeah, man. It's it's um, I guess. Hmm. Uh, people say that obviously, like what we do isn't. Hmm, I I hate to say this. It's it's not. 
it's it can be challenging you know what i mean and again going back to there's a when we're younger it's interesting because it it, it changes over time i remember when we were younger as a band you know like and you're out there and you're just it's like it's it's funny you got the lakers hat on man i'm i'm, I'm such a uh when when i was younger and still am like an athlete you know i mean my my father was a football player was a, a, a phys ed coach you know i played a lot of basketball you know football so this kind of competitive mentality like i can't get it it's a part of me so I remember when we were young as Soul Live, you know what I mean? Man, Kraz, like, we would freak Kraz out because Neil and I were just getting hyped. You would think we were going out, you know, for, you know, play the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Backstage, we're just getting hyped, you know, like, oh, man, we're going to kill this shit, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you had that, like, that, that focus, which you really need as a young band, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't – I never liked talking shit about anybody, but it was definitely like uh, – we're here to show, you know, show what we can do. Take you know them prisoners. Saying? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But again, the, you know, as you um, stay at it again, you know, just, just keep doing what you do. That kind of fades away. And every band has that, you know what I mean? So we'd run into Galactic, you know, like, you know, like checking them out, you know, you run into these Derek, you know, all right, yeah, we're checking these cats out. But then after a while, I was like, man, come on, man. Like, we we all been doing this for like twenty some twenty years now. I was like, all right, yeah, you know, we're we're all we're all cool. We were always cool, you know. But I guess that's the thing. It's like <clears throat> that mutual respect grows over time because we're all. It's a grind, you know. what I mean, it's 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 not easy, you know. There's a lot of nights where you you we'd be out playing the five people in the room, you know. what I mean, and then the next night you might have a couple hundred, and then. The, 50 you know it's like you're just constantly building and you're you're dealing with adversity a lot every band is and again the more we would stay at it you know you realize man we actually are all in this together you know what i mean like and you you find yourself on different festivals and you know, we're just hanging out you oh man yeah i like those i like that artist too or i like you know like you find there's so much more that that binds us together than than that separates us as musicians and as bands you know i mean we have so many of the same influences and really what it really comes down to is you know you have to love this to to do this you know what i mean you can't like to to be out on the road and 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 you can't like it and be successful you have to love it you know and so that that shared love of of what we all do like you know, again, that that's what um, that's what it's all about. You know, what I mean, that's and that's a then there's the love of the the audience, the people that support us. You know, um, it's just a it's just a big loving community. You know, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and it's again, it's just a great to be a part of. You know, Al, Al was there something that had happened in the um, career of Soul Live and yourself that made you guys feel like you kind of had arrived or you kind of had hit you know what you were after type of thing um i mean you know definitely it's kind of funny because um early on in the beginning of soul live my whole focus was to i was like i didn't i don't want to deal with any record labels because 
because I dealt with like people wanting to sign my band and this back in the Moonboot days and getting into like all like this uh, just record business stuff and I just I just didn't have the stomach for it. So the Soul Live for me was like we're gonna start our own record label. We're gonna this is we're doing our thing, you know, and that was '99. And then all of a sudden, 2001, we're signing the Blue Note Records, you know. So, like, so it, that changed. But that was definitely a, a moment where, man, so many things came together. There was a there was a bidding war actually. There was a Verve and Blue Note wanted us at the same, you know, and they were flying us down, you know, in the New York for meetings and you know, blah blah blah. And we obviously like just you know went with Blue Note, but. For for me, like having grown up listening to so many Blue Note albums, you know, and artists, you know, that was that definitely that was that was something special. You know what I mean? Like and like to have like you know our parents uh, come down to to New York when we when we actually signed. You know, the contract, you know, they were there and we went out to dinner with Bruce Lundvall, you know, who was just a giant, you know, of, of, of the, the music industry, you know, one of the last true, like, great, greats, you know, like, I mean, that, that was, that was something, man, you know, that, you know, that definitely, and so personally, that was a big, that was a big thing. And then obviously, like, professionally, like things definitely changed for us, you know, like after signing with Blue Note, like all of a sudden we were on you know, magazine covers and our gigs were getting better. And, you know, like we're, we're touring over in Europe and all this kind of stuff, you know, like. So, yeah, that was it was an interesting that was a good a good time period for us. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's definitely when people really started to know who we were. What would you say if you know was your, your top selling album? Ooh, oh, that's a good question, actually. Hmm, I that I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, well, actually, that shouldn't be that hard to figure out because obviously, like we when we signed with Blue Note, that was what I'd say, two thousand one, two thousand two, something like that. That was definitely at the. We're talking toward the end of the big you know, CD boom, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you had like, you know, Napster and all this kind of stuff that was happening like in that time period. And um, so it's, I could probably say that one of our albums on Blue Note was probably would probably be one of our best selling albums, I guess, just because, you know, it probably it's easiest to track. You know? But I mean, I, you know, I, I I would imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably a, a good guess. You know, um, I want to mention so viewers and listeners know some of the other, you know, big names you guys have worked with. Um, and these are just ones that I have on my notes here. But, I mean, you know, the George Porter um, from The Meters and um, uh, Ivan Neville, Robert Randolph, um, well, a lot of these were on that one album, but uh, Corey Glover and uh, Shaka Khan and um, Luther Dickinson, 
I already mentioned Derek Trucks, Bernie Worrell. Yeah. Um, Anders Osborne, Chris Robinson, Marcus King, Questlove. I mean, wow. You know, when you start to look at them all in a row, pretty darn impressive, yeah. right? Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool, you know. I mean, like I said, you know, it's, um, you know, just we've always just been true to ourselves, you know, true to our sound. And um, and luckily, like people have just dug dug what we do, you know, so and and, and, and so we've always also like especially like with bowl live and, and diff different things like that, we've we've always um prided ourselves on yeah we can go out and just be so live you know what i mean like just do our thing the three of us or if we have some horns or whatever but we also love being stepping back and just being the band for someone as well you know what i mean like so when you know uh you know derek or you know anybody comes out and okay that's about them we're we're gonna back you up you know what i mean it's not it's not our time to shine you know what i mean or uh, well, or we or or we like to shine as the band, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we're again working. We shine to help, you know, in putting the shine on someone else, you know. So, and I guess yeah, I guess people dig that we do that. So yeah, I don't know. Was there anyone that stands out that you were really starstruck about? Stevie Wonder, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, in fact, that was at that was at the House of Blues in L.A. Yeah, that was that was crazy. I mean, that that was so we 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 were playing a soul live show out at the House of Blues, you know, and at the very end of the show, last song, we walk off the stage, and this is when Reggie Reggie Watts was singing with us back then. We walk off the stage and and our and our manager at the time uh eric's brother jeff it's like yo um stevie wonder is in the house he's you know i think he's gonna come down and sit in I'm like yeah you know get out of here man so it's like oh no no he's gonna he's gonna come down and at that time period we were playing we would always or many times we would encore with jesus children of america so like, all right cool that, that would be cool so so he's oh well his driver has to go out to his car to get his harmonica you know so i heard that and i was like okay well he's just gonna come out and like play harmonica with us for you know a minute or two and then split you know eh, cool that whatever you know so i go out there we start playing the tune you know and people are like oh yeah cool you know you know jesus i'm really so alive is the last song whatever and then i look over and i saw this figure all in white you know and they were like yeah he's ready i'm like all right cool so we break it down and hey ladies and gentlemen you know you know, bring a special guest to the stage you know please welcome stevie wonder and we're you know the music's down but it's you know we're still playing and i remember it was the craziest thing like like you know because you know like any club people are just talking and i you know whatever all of a sudden it got silent like people are like, and they're like, wait, what did he just say? You know, <laughs> and all of a sudden Stevie walks out and the place just erupted and he walks out, walks out and we're playing and he like just grabs the microphone and starts, you know, 
playing harmonica just as I thought he would. And I'm like, all right, cool. He's going to blow and he's going to leave. And then we'll finish the night, you know, or finish the song. And then he was just feeling it. And we, he, he played this amazing solo. Like, I was like, oh, damn, he can, he can blow, you know? And all of a sudden we break it down again. And then all of a sudden he starts singing. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. And so you know how we set up. So there's Neil and Kraz and then myself. So Stevie was in between Kraz and myself. So I'm literally like a foot and a half away from Stevie Wonder. I'd never seen Stevie play live in my life. You know, I mean, the first time I've ever seen Stevie Wonder, he's right next to me. (laughs) And the thing that bugged me out the most was um, seeing him sing he uses his entire body when he's singing. It's a, it's like there's this there's a term where people say, well, you know, you sing from your toes, you know, like you you know you don't sing from you know here you sing from your toes, you know, like and and his whole body, his whole body was his instrument. It wasn't just his vocal cords. It was like his whole. It was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. Never seen it since, you know, and. It was it was amazing, so so he you know did his thing. He took off and and then and then we ended up at um <laughs> I ended up at a party across the street at the riot at the you know at the at the Hyatt or whatever which is which is the hotel made famous in oh almost famous <laughs> the movie anyway there's a party over there and I remember walking in I was with Ryan Zoidis and walked in and. It was a bunch of people who were at the show, but they, the, it was like Stevie's aura kind of rubbed off on me for a, a little bit because people were just, it wasn't that like, oh, he was on stage with Stevie One. I could feel like this thing. He had this, the, his aura was, it was aura. Like it, it was the craziest thing. It's stuff you hear about, you know, but you could see it on him, you know, it's like, and then it just like, rubbed off on us and uh, for a little bit, and then it went away, you know. But <laughs> but uh, it, it was just amazing the all the the stories and all the the the, the folklore, or whatever. It's, it's all true, you know. What I mean, it's like, and it wasn't like I was like starstruck or whatever, but it was really witnessing or being a part In of the presence of greatness. The presence of greatness, you know what I mean? Now, is it is he great just because he was born great, or he just had a lifetime of just doing what he does? And he he's it's probably a combination of the two. He's yeah. special. There's no, I'm not taking anything. He's special. He is special. You know what I mean? But just to it, it was just amazing, you know. And you know, and and everybody is different. Everybody is great in their own way. I've obviously shared the stage with many great people, and it's never the same, you know. But his thing was magical, you know. What I mean, it was like it was something so special, you know. So uh, just to be, you know. And he checked, I guess he, he was there for our entire show. You know what I mean? Like, right, he was like right up in this balcony right above us. I'd never saw him, you know, but he dug it and it was cool. He was, he dug it enough to want to come down and play some music with us, you know, but you, yeah. You, I, 
You gave me chills. I could feel it, man, because I've I've seen him in concert and I saw him at the LA Forum. I've seen him out here in Charlotte and um, <clears throat> he does have an aura and like a charisma and it, it comes out of him. And I felt it in his presence. And one of the, you know, I've been to hundreds of concerts over the years. And one of the all time highlights for me was when I saw Prince at Glam Slam when he owned Glam Slam in Los Angeles. It's like three yep. in the morning. And that's enough, you know, but I saw him there several times. But that night, Stevie Wonder was there, and they got him on stage. And Stevie's there, and with Prince doing Maybe Your Baby. And Prince is next to Stevie Wonder, who's just killing it. And to see Prince look like a little kid on guitar, just so in awe of Stevie Wonder before him. Yeah, was just incredible. And then to hear what they were doing, I was just like, that was heaven, man. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, that. Wow. Yeah, you just gave me chills, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. 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 And of course, Stevie plays drums, too. So you have a. Well, so so that's what I was going to say. When you asked me that question earlier, I was going to say Stevie Wonder because he's one he's one of my favorite drummers of all time you know what i mean like a lot of people it's, it's amazing how many people don't really know like but he played drums on all especially on those the that's that time period the early 70s when he's putting all those records you know what i mean like whoo feels just incredible you know yeah, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. and i noticed i mean unless i'm wrong the two covers you guys have recorded on albums were both from the intervisions album which is my favorite album of his um you, you know that's right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that that yeah yeah that album is it's yeah I I I I'll probably I, I I might have to agree with you on that man. You know, Talking Book is great. You know, and uh, I mean all but something like Intervisions, like something. Intervisions was a, after Talking Book, right? Yeah. Yeah. It exactly. Was, it was the one uh, after Talking Book, and then after that came Fulfilling This, and then Songs oh. in the Key of Life. Exactly. Yeah. But I feel like that inner visions is where it all it something really clicked. You know, what I mean, like, but yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I love all of them. But, you know, yeah, so. yeah, me too. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, man. So, Whew. man, um, good times. And I really appreciate you taking all this time, Alan. I just want to try to get a couple more questions and I'll let you go. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I did I did want to touch on, you know, what you've done since, uh, you know, I mean, Soul Life still exists, but oh, yeah. not as active as it was. And you've branched into a lot of other things. And I've seen, you know, some of the um, performances on YouTube. Uh, thankfully, they're there. But I mean, things like, um, you know, Wild Root and Play On Brother and these other projects and, and your own uh, trio. Uh, mm -hmm. What's behind that and and how do you get your fingers in so many pies yeah well i guess that's the thing i'm trying to get my fingers out of some pies now you got too many you know i have enough fingers um well you know i guess the the thing is it kind of started when we were so focused on soul life for so long, you know, and just like really, I mean, we were super busy, you know, obviously like blue note and then everything after that. But then it, it started to come a time where um, I felt 
I'm always writing music. I've always been writing music, but I I just started writing some things that I just knew didn't weren't so live tunes. And for a long time, for a, I guess this is the thing. For a while, I was so focused on writing so live tunes. You know, what I mean, like, and if 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 it if it didn't sound like a solo tune. I just like, oh, no, I didn't want to, I didn't mess with it. And then it just got to a point. It's like, man, that's kind of dumb. You know, just like, let me just follow the, that path, you know, and see where things go. So all of a sudden I started, you know, uh, just accepting the, whatever was coming to me, you know, like, and then, well, if it's not a solo tune, well, I, I want to do something with it. So then like, you know, then there was like the Alan Evans trio. And then I had my, Crush Velvet and the Velveteers kind of vibe. And um, yeah, just uh, I uh, became very, I, I didn't become as picky as to, you know, I just pick up the guitar and whatever comes out is that it's, I just follow it, you know. Um, and then I just, I, uh, I can't stop there. Like, you know, I, I could have a, a million, like, just voice memos of, of, ideas or whatever you know but i i just as soon as i start writing if it it, it when it hits me i hear the whole thing and i just gotta i gotta follow it so that's kind of it it, it just kind of worked out the timing you know like so i wasn't as um we weren't on the road as much as we used to be we didn't need to be and we didn't really want to be either you know what i mean like we, we all obviously love each other. We love hanging out, but we're um, <clears throat> we're artists, you know. And, and you, it's hard to be so highly committed to one thing, you know. Like it's as an artist, you follow your muse, and I love that. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, what yeah. is it though about the? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. That you know, guitar, keyboard, drum trio uh, sort of lineup that you just stick with so much well <laughs> exactly i know it's it's pretty funny i, I try to get away from it but I, I i was i come back to it so many times um i guess it's um for me it's it's just it's one it's just uh i'm familiar with it you know i mean i i know i grew up you know listening to so much of it um playing so much of it i know how to operate inside of, of of that in that realm um it's also when you get the and it doesn't always work but when you get the right combination of people there's nothing better i mean obviously i, I there's i love soul i obviously like that's that's the pinnacle i'm not you know like i mean playing with neil and crap like we're just locked in but with that said, when when you lock in with another guitarist and and uh, someone playing organ, you know, it's it musically it's different. It feels different, but it still feels great. You know, like you're just able. It's you're um, it's so easy to move. Uh, you know, because you have obviously like when you have uh, a organ organist who's covering the bass and uh, you know harmony is so easy to just move around you know what i'm saying because you're not like worried about all the bass players not fought, like there's just less pieces you know to move around so i i don't know what it is and the, that's the funny thing i 
often I, I still I have some friends around here that I play with. Darby Wolf, who's a really good friend of mine. He's on a lot of my recordings in here in the studio all the time. We, we do a lot of organ trio stuff together. It's man, it's it's almost 2021. Right. And and the last show I actually played back in February was with Darby and our, and our friend Pete Alexi. We're playing like boogaloo type stuff, you know, like this music is old as dirt at this point, but people still dig. I don't know what it is. Like there's so much, I, I, I don't know what it is because like on paper, like it shouldn't work. Like why are people like digging this? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, like I said, it's like, it's old school, but, but I, I love, maybe it's cause I just love it so much and people feel that. But there's just I don't know what it is that people keep coming back to that that sound and they dig it. I don't. You got me, man. I don't know what it is. Well, it's it's core. It's foundational, you know. And it's like classic blues. I mean, there's certain things that are at the foundation or core of all contemporary music. There's true, and there's one thing about the organ, the the Hammond organ is is so close to the human voice and the how you can express you know um you get a good organist you know what i mean it's like listening to a choir again that's where that was the that was the basis of the hammond organ you know is is you know it's trying to simulate a, a you know uh that kind of sound you know what i mean like but if you get a really a great organist who's super it's such an expressive instrument and the way it just like you can hold a note you can hold these notes out and it's just it's such an emotional instrument i think that's uh, has a big part uh, plays a big part in people's fascination or their or why they dig it so much it just it's it's an emotional instrument you know what i mean like or can be i should say right. you know um and it's like you know, you're, it's, it's it's there's like this human element, you know, to to that music, that it's um, when it's done right, man. Woo, I, you know, you could sit in a club all night long listening to three dudes on stage, you know, like it's there's I don't know. So I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm glad that I I know I I know my way around it, you know. So <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. yeah, and. Um... You don't do a lot of singing, but you can sing, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, de yeah, definitely. I mean, it it, de I've, it depends on the – it's all context. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I love to sing. I love writing that style, you know, vocal music. Um, but, you know, there was a time where we were trying to – when we were younger, fit all kinds of stuff into Soul Live, you know what I mean? And, like – and then like then you just kind of you know 20 some years later you realize i mean it was cool stuff you know like but we know what we're really good at you know what i mean so like we'll just do that you know and then i you know i'll keep my vocals and and other stuff you know on, on something else you know but um yeah I, I love singing yeah i definitely love singing what what inspired you guys to do the whole uh, beatles album Ooh, that's a well. 
That's a oh, all right. So that was right when um, we were on the road. That was right around the time period when they all the remastered versions of the Beatles albums were, were coming out on CD, I guess. And we were on the road, and Kraz picked up uh, a book. Uh, it was a, just a, a song book, of, you know, and it was like, man, it, that thing, it looked, I, my memory, I'm sure I'm exaggerating, but it seemed like it was like four inches thick, you know, like, and like the whole thing was just sheet music. It was just charted out every song, you know, every Beatles song. We're just like, there were no pictures in it, you know, there's no filler. It's just like, holy cow, this is amazing. And so we said, like, oh, you know, let's, yeah, let's just, you know, do a cover album of, of some Beatles tunes. So, all right, cool. So I, the, the great thing about that was when we got into my studio, it was, ama- it was amazing education on what would work and what didn't work in the, in the uh, organ trio um, realm. A lot of tunes that you oh, like, oh, that's such a great tune. We should do that, and then you realize, oh wow, there's there's like really no melody, like like the melody was more, um, or at least the vocals weren't like carrying the melody. It was more about the lyrics, lyrics, you know. And there were some things around it that were, you know, they were melodic. So it was so we threw out a lot of tunes because of, like oh. You love it, but it just all of a sudden when you're like playing like da 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 da, you know, on the organ or guitar, it's just like yeah, that just doesn't translate. It just didn't translate to an instrumental. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, it it was amazing too. Like <laughs> the crazy thing about it, about timing, when we put that album out, that was before uh, the Beatles had uh their music on itunes or you know i guess that was like the big thing back then you know like it wasn't really streaming yet but you would just so when that album came out oh and somehow like howard stern got a hold of that album and he was he was talking about it for a while like on his show he like loved it or whatever so whenever anyone would go like search eleanor rigby or whatever like soul live would pop up you know what i mean and like oh and booker t and the mgs they had they had done like some but basically like for some reason we were like coming to the top of the list of you know and then like and then also and then right after that then the beatles like put all their tunes up on itunes and it just kind of helped us you know people were like how did, did you guys plan that like no we had no trust me we had no part in that you know but it just, yeah, it just kind of worked out. But I don't know. It was just like, the thing was, to be honest, we had just, before the album, we recorded Up Here. And and prior to that, we is a bunch of Soul Life stuff. And we maybe, maybe there would be a cover or something on us on the album, or obviously we played some covers live. And we wanted to record, we wanted to do a new album, and none of us were inspired to write we, we none of us had any original ideas that were like worth anything. So, to yeah, I mean, really, when it comes down to it, it was just like, yeah, let's just do something that's not ours, you know, like and just and put our spin on it, you know. That's the yeah. you know, 
whole thing. But uh, it it was it was a lot of fun, you know. Yeah. So people know that came out in 2010, and um, how much? They'll be honest. How much of it played into the fact that you could do that great uh, name for it, you know, of Rubber Soul Live? Man, that. <laughs> Honestly, that came afterwards. Like, we, yeah, we that that was it. You know, yeah, that just yeah, that was pretty awesome. Well, so the funny thing is, no, you know what? I'm not gonna say that came afterwards. So wow, now you're 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 jogging my memory. This is amazing. Thank you. So we that did hit us about rubber rubber soul live. And initially, the that's right, man. The first idea was to cover that album mm. and just cover Rubber Soul. And that's when we discovered that there were some tunes that just didn't work instrumentally. So then we just had to open up the, you know, open up the vault or, you know, and dig a little deeper. And then that's when some other. So we did a couple of tunes from Rubber Soul on on that album. But those were pretty much the only ones that that worked for us, you know. Wow! Wow! Thank you. I, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. All right. I knew if I interrogated you long enough, it would... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh, wow. So, uh, Al, what what's uh, left on your sort of bucket list? You know, what would you like to uh, accomplish from here on out, musically speaking? <laughs> wow, man. That's a tough one. Um, I one thing that I want to do, I want to work with like a full on like a like a orchestra, like you know, like a you know full on like you know. Um, I, I I don't know like if I want to do it in a classical sense. But some something along the lines like uh, what was uh, like what was that Bill Evans? Now um, uh, there are a few albums I could think of that. Oh oh no no not Bill Evans Gil Evans Gil Evans did some amazing stuff with like just uh, you know tons of strings and just you know things like that. I just like just bigger you know. But I, I would love to do something like that with you know like soul live or you know just like or something you know if i can't get those dudes down you know something like you know like a small core rhythm kind of thing you know but like with like some really great arrangements and you know i don't know i just i, I think that would be something really fun i mean that that's kind of like i've been uh quincy jones is such a, a huge influence on me from when i was just a little kid you know so I think that's kind of a, a lot, a lot where that comes from, you know. Um, so that that would be one thing. Maybe for a movie uh, soundtrack or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would that would that would be so much. Uh, that that would be so much fun, man. I mean, I, I'm a, a huge. I, I love movie soundtracks. You know, it's like uh, I was uh, my daughter the other day. She was like watching like some um, uh, Harry Potter film, you know. Now I, I'm not. I haven't watched any Harry Potter films, but I heard something in there. I was just like, "Wait a minute!" I said, "Did John Williams do this?" Because it just like there was a. He had a couple of things, and I was like, "That's from that's uh from Star Wars." 
So she looked up and she's like, oh yeah, she, John Williams did that. And then she like went down a little rabbit hole. She's like, oh wow, he did this and this and this and this and that, you know? Yeah, that's, you know, to, just to like to be, uh, have that kind of experience, you know, like uh, doing something like that would be pretty amazing. Um, so, but you know, the, the, the thing with me, I've, I've, I've said for a long time, it's, um, I like the uh, the unknown, you know. I mean, it's like one thing to have, like, kind of, like you said, like a bucket list or or whatever, but it's it's those moments, the the unexpected, you know, sit-ins or when you meet someone and you connect with, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like creating something new with them. That's what I love. You can't it's, you can't plan magic. Yeah. Exactly, man. Exactly, and I and we know this for a fact because we've tr we've attempted to do so and it's like the especially with looking at soul live you know the times where we we really sought after you know getting this person or you're trying to put all these pieces together and like because oh they're awesome and this, this and usually it's like that eh, it was cool but the times where it just it happens organically you know what i mean you, you know, it's just like you, you don't see it coming um and that it's just a you don't have those preconceived uh, ideas or notions of what it will be because it's nothing, and then all of a sudden it you you create something you know like that's you know so I I guess the way I could answer that is I hope that I continue to be I I say to people all the time. You know, all the, you know, if you're practicing or whatever, I'm tr trying to write or you're listening to music. For me, all of that is, uh, all of that is just so you're prepared for when inspiration hits, and then you can just be there, uh, you know, in the moment and ready for it. So I guess, simply said. I hope that I can maintain that uh, that level of uh, readiness, you know, throughout my the rest of my life to be ready for prepared for anything that that comes, you know. Um, you don't want, uh, you don't want to get that Maceo look again. No. <laughs> well, you know what, man. You know, hey, if he gives me that look, that's cool, man. That, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Well, you, so the funny thing, you, you mentioned George Porter, right? George Porter Jr. Yeah, he's been on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. So the first time that he sat in with us, I'm playing, you know, and I look over and George is, is playing and he's doing this. He's like, he had this look and he's just shaking his head. No, I'm just like, damn, what the hell am I doing wrong? You know, and I got all like, I'm like, this is George Porter Jr. No, and he's just like, after the gig, he was like, oh, man, that was great. He's like, he was like, I was like, the hell was that? That was just his thing. You know, when he's on, when he's feeling it, he's just shaking his head no. It has this like mean look on his face, you know? And I was no like, means yes. <laughs> that messed me up so much, man. So now I know like if, if, if I'm really, if we're really in it, then I, we get that look, you know, like if he's just kind of sitting there like, oh no, we got work to do, you know? So uh, I, you know, that's cool, man. I, I, I look for, like I said before, man, uh, I, I, I look forward to always being on stage or in the studio with people who are, I, I hate this. I, I don't like to use the term better than me, you know, but 
uh, I'll say more experienced. You know what I mean? Like, um, cause it just, it, it forces you to, to, to grow and to learn, you know, like if you're not, if you're not growing, if you're not learning, if you're not, if you're not putting yourself in a position of being challenged, then I, that to me, that's not fun. You know, I, I always want to be in, in a, a spot where I'm somewhat uncomfortable, you know, cause that, that forces you to like really look inside and dig deep into like your well of knowledge, you know what I mean? And like, okay, I got, you know, there's, there's something to either prove, prove to myself, you know, like, all right, I, I can do this. I belong here, you know, like, and again, like I, at the end of whatever, whatever it is, the end of the day or end of the night, I want to feel not, not just that I like, I was there and having fun. Like, I want to feel like I've learned something like, you know what I mean? Like I experienced something that again something that challenged me you continue to grow yeah exactly exactly um and that's the thing man i mentioned john schofield a few times dude every time that john plays with us uh it's mind-blowing because he it's like he gets better every time every time like he's on it's just like he plays something i've never heard him play before and he's like and he that's the thing he's like he he's not sitting back like oh yeah i'm john schofield and i've done all this so i can just like you know phone it in like he's always pushing pushing you know pushing the envelope of his own you know his own knowledge his own desires of you know it's it's amazing and that's that's uh, inspiring you know and that's what i i want i want to be you know like in my own way you sure. know so and right. the only way that's going to happen is again Putting yourself in those situations where that you're making that available to you to happen, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, man. Well, so, I, I hope uh, and look forward to you continuing to put yourself in uncomfortable musical situations. And uh, <laughs> how can uh, people keep up with what you're doing and, and go see about your studio and all that good stuff? Oh, cool. Um, so uh, my studio probably through my website uh studio is ironwax.com uh, i also have a, a a music a record label music label called vintage league music which is right here so anyway uh <laughs> laundry day <laughs> um and, and and i guess you know people can find me on uh, on social media and all that kind of stuff you know um I can't say that I'm um, very active on social media, but I'm there. So, but you know, I'm not I'm not the hardest person to find. Luckily, you know, right. I've got nothing to hide. So. <laughs> well, and I, and I want to thank Kim for helping us get together. So yeah, man, yeah, yeah. She, yeah I'm telling you, man, I I could I couldn't do any of this without her for real, man. Like on on so so many levels, you know, she she's she is my rock, man. She's, you know, she manages Soul Live, you know, she manages, manages this recording studio. Um, yeah, she, and, and on top of that, we have two wonderful uh, young adult children, I guess at this point, you know, that she's like, yeah, she, she's, she's amazing. So are, yeah. are they musical? Are your kids musical? They, you know what they are, but they, they're not following my path which is awesome. You know, they're, they're doing their thing. Our, our son is uh 19 soon to be 20. And, uh, he is, um, 
He is on fitness, actually, you know, but he's actually a great drummer. He plays keys, guitar, a daughter played flute, uh, viola, you know, but they're they're doing their thing, you know. So that's that's cool with me, man. You know what I mean? So it's 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 actually awesome because so like I said, like I was an athlete when I was younger. So now that our our son is he's um, at home um, because of covid from he's uh, he's in college but at home but he's uh picked up uh he's a, a trainer at a gym the same gym that i go to so i'm in the gym like five days a week you know so every when you know just yesterday we we happened to be in the gym at the same time he's like hey dad come over here try this out you know like like all right man i said man i just did hamstrings he just started laughing so well, this you know like this, this might hurt but so it's kind of cool. Like I'm, I'm learning from him. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, yeah. he's, he's got me. You know, he's got a training program for me. You know, and he's, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know. You, so. you just jarred another memory, Al, that I got to share. Um, oh yeah, please. Back when I was young and going to school, I was uh, taking kinesiology at UCLA for sports medicine, and I was doing training at a place called the Sports Connection for a while, mm-hmm. and in um, the Valley somewhere, San Fernando Valley, and. One of the guys that came in that I showed how to do some stuff was Stanley Clark. Oh, don't get me started on Stanley, man. So, yeah. Wow. Oh, oh. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. What, what's what's that one one album? Is that Journey to Love? Yeah. One of my favorite Stanley Clark albums with Steve Gadd's on there, man, and, and of course George Duke is on that album. That is a monster album, man. Like, oh, yeah. good. Yeah, that that period right there, just oof. <laughs> anyway, hey man, it's yeah. been so, so much fun talking to you, and uh, oh, thanks man, thanks for sharing here. it all. And um, yeah, man, you know, well, check it, man. So what? So when we, if and when we get back in, you know, into going out and seeing music and hanging out, when when we're when I'm in your town or you're near me, we got to connect, man, and, and uh, hang out. Yeah. Man, that was so much fun. Thank you so much, Scott. Likewise. Don't be a stranger. All right. And indeed, I won't. All okay. right. Bye, Al. Bye. Take care. Hey, back at Truth and Rhythm headquarters. Thank you for joining us on another magical ride with Truth and Rhythm. Whether you're watching or listening, as always, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Be sure to subscribe. Go to YouTube. Go to the Funkin' Stuff channel. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Also, goodies here like TIR Quick Takes. And if you subscribe, you know what? You get the show before anyone else. It's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along. Tell a friend. Tell family. This audience is growing, and it is a beautiful thing, all coming together for the love of this great music. Also, if you can throw us a buck or two, we could use the support financially, keeping the lights on, keeping the servers going, all these expenses. If you can help support the program, whatever you can give, much appreciated. Go to the FunkinStuff.net website. And on the right-hand side of every page, you just click and you can donate through PayPal, credit card, whatever. Very easy to do and so much appreciated. And if you do a sizable donation, I will mention you on the program. Also, drop me a line. Email me at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show, what you enjoy about the music. Let's just kibitz. 
and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly, and I much enjoy the uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is your show, The True Music Lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one.